Welcome to Girls Who Read Porn. Please be advised that this podcast contains mature content for mature audiences. The title might have given that away though. We would also advise you triple check the trigger warnings of each book prior to the episode. And if it's not for you, we'll see you next week. Each episode includes major spoilers, so make sure you read the book and don't say we didn't warn you. With all that in mind, on with the show. Hi everybody and welcome back to another episode of Girls Who Read Porn. It's me, G, and as usual, I'm joined by the lovely Ola. Hi. Hello, and Betty. Hello. And we are very, very lucky today to also be joined by Christine, most commonly known as CMNES Costa. How are you? Hi. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. This is very exciting for us. It is because, can I just say, sorry, G, can I interrupt? I think we've spoken about you with about 15 authors who have recommended you to us. If you haven't listened to our episodes, which oh, you probably well, haven't. Oh, that is extremely nice. Yeah, we have like, <laughs> and these are like all contemporary authors and they're like, have you read Morning Glory for Milking Farm and have you spoken about the 24 hours situation yet? <laughs> like, not yet. Yeah, yeah, we definitely. That's amazing. Definitely had people go like, "This is a book you need to do on the podcast." Yeah, you had have to, to. It's required. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, so, what was it that originally got you into writing romance books? Um. Well. <laughs> This is actually one question I was thinking about this morning. I'm like, let me have a good answer prepared. And of course I don't. Um, I've, I've always written, um, I've always been a writer. I've, I've always, um, you know, I've always written in between, um, you know, shifts at work. I, I, I worked uh, in upper management and retail for a lot, a lot of years. Um, and I'm an introvert, but I'm like a very high energy introvert. And when I'm on, I'm super, super on. But that means when I'm when I'm not on, I'm like, a, you know, I'm a cave troll. Like, don't make eye contact with me. Don't breathe within, you know, 100 yards of me. I want to be in a quiet, dark room by myself, pecking away at my keyboard like a pigeon. So <laughs> writing was kind of how I like came down after my very, you know, high intensity, um, very on job. Um, and then I lost that job <laughs> during the pandemic. Um, I had already started a writing blog back in, ooh, 2017 or 2018, um, posting little monster short stories. And then I was taking like submissions from my readers and we called them monster matches. So like, you tell me a little bit about yourself and I'm going to write a monster match. Um, so that's how, kind of how my blog started. Um, it, it, it was it was so much fun. Like I look back on those days, I'm like, oh, they were so stress free. <laughs> like it was just a fun little thing I did when I got home from work. Um, super stress free. And then I lost my job, and I'm like, well, you know what? I'm going to actually start spinning some of this stuff into something real. And so I started the blog, like I said, around 2017, 2018. By 2019, I was already aiming at publishing. Um, and all of the stories I was posting on my blog were basically the story frames that I was workshopping with an audience. <laughs> like it was, it was kind of like a, like a, like a free beta, uh, you know, situation <laughs> where I was, I was posting these story frames um, to see, just to kind of like do a temperature checks with my audience to see like what kind of characters they liked, what, what, what kind of stories didn't they like? Um, Morning Glory Milking Farm actually started out as a 12,000 word 
you know, story frame on my blog that I posted for free during the pandemic when I was sick with COVID. <laughs> um, and it was part of a series called Quarantine Porn. And that is that is actually how it started out. <laughs> so I, like we've had so many authors who started during the pandemic and now we've got books like Morning Glory Milking. Yes. yes. So I actually just had this conversation this afternoon in an author group Um it was like so many of us published our first book. Either either we published our very first book during the pandemic or we returned to publishing during the pandemic. It was just like a major life reset, I think, for everyone, our readers included, because I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump ahead and answer this question before you even have a chance to ask it. That's why I think Monster Romance blew up. Like Monster and Alien Romance really blew up during the pandemic because everyone was home alone with nothing but themselves <laughs> and, we, and we all got really weird <laughs> and but more importantly than that we just stopped caring we stopped caring about what other people thought and you know you can't bring that book to work <laughs> it didn't make a difference anymore you know work, work is sitting at your computer all day so everyone just kind of shed those those surface inhibitions um, and I don't think this this genre niche would have blown up the way it did if we didn't have all of that collective alone time, you know, as a society. <laughs> um, but yeah, I published my first book in uh, February of 2021, which was Girls Weekend, um, which is the first book of the series. And again, that was another piece that started on my blog that I wrote for October, <laughs> um, like in 2018. And yeah, just kind of took off from there. And then I published... Um, Morning Glory later that same year and it didn't make a difference if I went back to work then. <laughs> wow. Honestly, the amount of people that told me to read it, it was I think just as we were starting the podcast and I remember when I read it and That's I spoke amazing. to the girls about it, I'm like 12 ounces of semen. Think about it. <laughs> like, we've had so many conversations about that, surrounding that and <laughs> The author who actually recommended it to me was Honey Andrews, but then Lena Hendricks brought it up. Like there was like five, six different authors who brought it up and they're like, this is one of my yeah. favorite books. You have to read it. Yeah, it was, it was really crazy. And like, I, I'm the first person who admits this, like it's a book I wrote under complete duress. Um, you know, I had that 12,000 word story frame. <laughs> I had, I had that 12,000 word story frame from Tumblr and I'm like, yeah, eventually I'm going to spin this into a book eventually someday down the road. But my focus was on writing girls weekend Two, which is parties. Um, and then one of my siblings who lives with me got very sick and was hospitalized for most of 2021 um so it was like 2020 was a bad year for everyone and 2021 was like hold my beer <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna make it so much worse <laughs> so I was essentially taken away from my desk like for three or four months because I spent every single day at the hospital while he was on life support um so when I finally came back to writing um he was still in the hospital when I wrote the book but it was, it was literally done with the only thing I had in mind was like, oh my God, I've kept my patrons waiting for so long, even though they were, I have the best readers in the world. I have the most amazing patrons in the world. And they were all so supportive during this time. Um, and they knew I was dealing with a lot. And they're like, you take your time, you take care of you. But I was like, no, I have to write them something. <laughs> like, you know what? I already have the story frame written for this book. I can pop that into, you know, a 60,000 word novel. No problem. I wrote it in like three weeks. <laughs> 
And I was still, you know, spending every afternoon at the hospital. I was writing this like in the waiting room and at, at the Christian coffee shop in my little village. Um, Far out, so so it's, only it's, by you. <laughs> I, I, I published this book with thinking in my head that like, you know, my, my 75 patrons were going to read it. And maybe a handful of people who followed me on Instagram and on Tumblr, and that was going to be it. And that is how I published it. And I was like, yay, it was, it was great. You know, we sold, we sold some copies. <laughs> um, and it actually did super well that first little release week. You know, it, it was like number one and number two in some of the little sub-niche categories. I was super happy. I thought that was going to be it. I was thrilled that a book I wrote in three weeks managed to hit like, you know, number two in the erotic romance category. And to me, that was it. That was done. Okay, now I'm going to go back to work on parties. That's where my focus needs to be. Um, and I was, I was giving the baby a bath on a Monday morning and the phone started to buzz and it didn't stop buzzing for like three days. And it was hours before that afternoon before I got to it to see that Ruby Dixon had reblogged the book on her Facebook group. Aww. And it went viral on Facebook. And then like two days later, Sarah McLean blogged about it on Twitter. And it went viral on Twitter. And then like a full week, week and a half later is when TikTok picked it up. Um but it started, literally, this book started out with me being like, yay, 75 people are going to buy it. <laughs> um, so every, <laughs> so it's, it's wild to me to hear you say that, like, oh, yeah, word of mouth is still like, oh, everyone has told us to read this. Because that's literally how this book has been every step this of the is, way. I've done nothing. I, this is, like, my biggest thing. This is what I'm going to, it's going to be on my tombstone. 24 ounces is going to be on my gravestone. <laughs> and I did nothing for it. This is our most recommended book, I think. That we've been recommending on the podcast. <laughs> I think the because it's, it's very, um, it's very unique as unique. well. Because I guess, yeah, <laughs> because it's monster romance, but it's also like it's monster romance from a different angle. It's almost like rom com, contemporary, small town, like that sort of, yeah. you know, like a lot of books that people would normally pick up we if saying, they were human based. But it's just monsters. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just saying that we had one of the authors on and. Um, I remember we were trying to explain to Betty and G, we were like, this is the sweetest book. Like you don't understand how lovely it is. And but there's like 24 ounces of cum in it. Like we, that's yeah. really important in this book. Like you need to understand it's very sweet. But there's that's so really much cum everywhere. <laughs> oh my God. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's been crazy. It is. It's been crazy. And like hearing people like Eloisa James talk about it, just a mind trip <laughs> so yeah it's it's been it's been a very wild ride yeah, yeah. for sure <laughs> I I remember when Ola was telling us about it and she kept on going like like you know like it's filthy like it's like dead filthy like <laughs> like they put in pretty much in like milking stocks and then they have to like jerk them off and then it's it's like milk because there's just there's like two liters of it and it's just going but it's the nicest thing I've ever read it gets yeah, that it so, sweet. so sweet <laughs> Like, I feel like I'm so confused, but you really do. You really do have to read it to get it. I think, right? Yeah. Because like, if you if you take away like the premise, if you take away the job premise, it's like the most boring book in the world. It is like <laughs> no, basic ass so Starbucks PSL, like 
small town slow burn there's like a single sex scene like it is the most boring contemporary romance ever but when you add in oh yeah she has to jerk him off for a living then that's (laughs) and he's a bull (laughs) can i ask how did you come up with this because like i've actually spoken to a few people about it and i'm like she's something like nobody just thinks of like jerking off bulls in medical environment (laughs) you know it's it's weird because like i most of my (laughs) most of my books are based on my preference um i i'm i'm one of those like super obnoxious authors that i don't really care what my readers want i write the books that i want um i have a very low threshold of patience for erotica Um, like I just, I get very bored with it very quickly. Like I want a sexy story, but if you're going to give me, you know, a 20,000 word sex scene, I am going to be flipping through it and just skimming by like page three. Um, so like, I knew I didn't want to write that. And it's again, it's the pandemic. So I'm stuck home and like, you know, our TV is flipping between like a constant rotation of like CNN and the Hallmark channel. (laughs) So like Hallmark with monsters, that's it. And and that's I'm like that's that's what I want to write. I just want I just want to write like nice sweet love stories that you find on the Hallmark Channel, but that are filthy, and that have monsters. <laughs> um, so I like I, I joke that all of my books have started out with a shit post, um, and that's kind of true. Like I I'll joke about something. And the person I'm talking with is like, haha, that's a funny joke. And then I'm like, oh, well, you just watch. I'm going to now, now, now that you laugh, I have to write it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think, and I think that's probably true of like all my books at this point. Like they've started with like, they have the shape of a shit post, like as they go into, to workshopping. <laughs> Wild. That's really interesting <laughs> because we were like, does she know that we like people find her books both cute and hilarious yeah we were actually saying that because i think it's <laughs> yeah. funny as fuck i'm so like in a good fuck. way like in like a, oh <laughs> yeah, my god hilarious. like because it's such a juxtaposition it's like yeah. you know you've got these really well fleshed out characters but it's in this like entirely alternate universe but it's just set in this sweet little town like it's you know you've got like yeah. these monstrous it's, it's hallmark hallmark is produced by skinamax like that's how i describe it like <laughs> it's so cute and it's so weird that it's so cute and i like it yeah i really liked because I, I read the the main three from the cambrick creek series that you've released so far and mm-hmm. i loved the one the sweet berries about the mothman because he's like this huge mothman yeah. and he's just so anxious He's just like got debilitating social anxiety, but he's like a seven foot tall this is why guy. We're with laughing wings. about it because what the actual yeah, fuck? Exactly. Like how? He's this. He's a he's a giant moth man, and he can in fact snap you like a twig. But he's also just like an autistic scientist, and all he wants yeah. to talk about are hummingbirds. Yeah. <laughs> you in your brain. Like, Sustainable farming. Fucking hell. <laughs> What about, do you, um, when you read, do you read a lot of monster romance as well? So I used to, um, I, I am either in reading mode or writing mode. I cannot do both. Um, and I'm actually, I'm actually just entering back into reading mode and it's so nice. Like I am 
ripping through this historical romance series right now um, by uh, Emily Windsor. It's like the Governess Chronicles. And I'm just like tearing through these books because I haven't just sat down and read a book for pleasure in what feels like five years. (laughs) Um, Because I'm very, I'm very conscious of picking up elements from other people's stories and turns of phrase and characterizations and, I don't want to be unduly influenced by someone else's book. Um, And I think sometimes that happens to us really unconsciously, even when we go into it saying, Oh, I'm I'm just reading this. I'm not, I'm not, you know, absorbing any of this. It happens without us noticing. Um, And like, actually it was was like one of those, Oh no, did I steal this moment? Even though I wrote this story a year ago and I just read this book this week. Um, I was reading one of the, the governess chronicle books. It's, um, Oh, let me recommend it because it's excellent. Um, a governess should never deny a duke. Deny a duke. Yes, it's it's fantastic. If you if you like histrom, so good. But there's this moment in the beginning of the book, and she uses like an alliteration to describe him. And I do the same thing in a short story that I wrote last year. That's in one of the Monsters in Love anthologies, and I have like this heart stopping moment of like. <gasps> did I steal that from Emily Windsor? I'm like, no, you stupid bitch. You wrote this a year ago. How did you steal this from Emily? She has an own alliteration. <laughs> but it's like, it's just those little things. You know, like I was reading a book blogger that's on my team. She posted a video this past week or like last week about like a badly behaving author. And I have like this heart stopping moment of like, oh no, is it me? Even though it is clearly not me. I, I know for a fact I did not send anyone a nasty gram. I know I know my <laughs> rational brain knows it's not me, bro. but I still had this moment of like, oh, what if it's me? <laughs> so I have a question. What's a nasty gram? Like, is that like a mean DM or is it, what's a nasty gram? I've never heard that phrase before. Well, like this, like I guess I, I guess another author sent. Um, this book blogger like a very mean message about a review. I, 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 honestly I don't even know what the crux of it was I don't know if it was about a review or if it was about her not I think it was about her like not promoing a book it was just shit it was just shit behavior and I've never once done that in my entire life and I know that I've never done that but watching this TikTok video I'm like oh, what it's if me. it's me, it's me. <laughs> I did this while I was asleep right. it's me nonsensical absolutely nonsensical so i'm reading this book this week and emily windsor uses like this little alliterative description for the duke that she's going to work for and i did something similar in this this novella that i wrote a year ago and i'm like did i steal that (laughs) so so I'm either in writing mode or I'm in reading mode. I'm never in both because that that's just the way like my idiot brain works. <laughs> it's not just you. Um, a lot of authors have said that as well. That they refuse yeah. to read. Or if they do yeah. read, they read something which is so off par with what they write so that they can't even like yeah. accidentally mix it up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm like, I enjoy reading historical romance. I also really like writing it. So now I have to find like something new to read. I've actually like, I'm super keen on reading um, Kate C. Wells' uh, Return to Monte Carlo. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as I finish 
the books I'm reading. So I'm like, that's contemporary. That's really, that's completely out of realm of what I'm writing right now. So I'm like, okay, that's safe. (laughs) That'll be be safe to go to. Um, But yeah, I I really, I used to read a lot of monster romance. Um, I don't anymore partially because of what I just described and partially because like, as I'm reading, I'm like, well, I would have done that differently or I would have, well, I would have had him, you know, do this. So like, I don't want to be critiquing as I'm reading. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have any, can you give us any hints about what you'll be writing next? What will be released next? Um, well, the books, so so I actually have like a, like a stupid full roster on the back half of this year. Um, so the beginning of September, I released Hollow, which is a short, sleepy, hollow duology. Um, and then the end of September, I, which is just like, what, a week ago? I was last week. <laughs> Um, I just released Two for Tea, which is um, the next book in the Cambric Creek world um, about a very depressed goth girl and a non-binary shadow creature um, in this like enchanted tea shop that they run. Um, and then at the end of this month, at the end of October, uh, October 24th, I will be releasing To Ravish a Rogue which is the book that was included in the Dangerous Tides Kickstarter that I did with um, Katie Robert and Nisha Sharma and um, Andy J. Christopher and uh, Naima Simone. I'm super excited about that. That is That was my favorite book that I wrote this year. So I'm like so excited for that release. <laughs> um, it is like yeah. pirate swashbuckler. Um, you know, he's a oh, sea monster, pirates. so is she, but that's, kind of, that's a secret. That's cool. Um, I'm super excited for that. Um, and then uh, in December, <laughs> December I'm launching. So it's like, it's literally like every single month there's something this on the back end of this year. I will never do this to myself again. <laughs> um, the, the last book of the year um, in December um, is actually a new pen name I'm launching um, just to get out from underneath Cambrick Creek and do like other stuff yeah um so it's it's a Phantom of the Opera retelling um it takes place in like mid-1990s New York City and their phone sex workers um oh that's cool fuck yes that'll be I'm looking forward to to that yeah yeah I'm super excited for that one it's called Extensions um it is you can you can find the pre-order link um in my in my link tree which is linked at, at the top of all my social media I'm really excited for that one um and if my patrons are listening out there I started serializing that on Patreon like two years ago um but I think we were like a little ahead of the curve because no one liked it serialized. So I'm like, okay, well, everyone hates it. So I'm going to stop. <laughs> but that was like just before like serialized storytelling, I feel like blew up the way mm-hmm. it has. Um, so I think if I were to have like released it now, everyone would be like, oh yeah, we're totally used to this, you know, one chapter a week business. But then everyone was like, no, we want instant gratification. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm an instant gratification girly, so I completely understand. Um, so I'm going to be releasing that in December. I'm super excited about that that's one. That's awesome. That's very so cool. Keep an eye out for when it comes it's out. It's a lot. And that's, and that's all this year. That's all this year. And then in 2024, um, <laughs> 2024, I'm restarting the Girls Weekend series and the Wheel of the Year series. Um, Those both stalled because of cover artist issues, which we've figured out finally. Um, It's really hard, like, starting over with a new cover artist mid-series. 
Um, and that like, not only was that like a logistical block, like it was a real mental block for me for a while because I can't start writing a book until it has a cover. Like it's just, it's not real to me yet. It's just like a vague idea, like on my mental pin board. But once it has a cover, it's like, okay, it's time to start working on this. So because it didn't have a cover for like all this time, I'm like, "Mm -mm, push that to the back burner, push that to the back burner. Um, So both of those series are going to be restarting um, pretty, pretty shortly after the first of the year. So you're very busy. You're too busy. So busy. Take a holiday. (laughs) So busy. And, and I've done a ton of signing events this year, which has been so amazing and so much fun. I, I did not know what to expect, you know, going into this signing tour this year, but it has been an absolute blast. Um, I'm probably not going to commit myself to quite as many next year, but where are you getting out and seeing readers? Do you know where you're going next year so that people, if anyone's listening, can come and see you? Um, Next year, I'm going to be back at a Polycon. I'm going to be back at Steamy Lit Con. Um, I'm going to be I'm going to be hitting a couple Barnes and Noble events um, in the Maryland, Annapolis area. I'm going to be at a Barnes and Noble event in Oregon. I'm going to be at a Barnes and Noble event next week um, in Northern Ohio. Um, I'm going to be doing Dreaming Dirty in Maryland. Um, and that's not a lot of events. Like I love how yeah. you're like, I'm toning it <laughs> yeah, down a bit, but I'm going to 65 <laughs> events next year. That's half the events I I'm did this year. Oh, I'm going to be back in Salem. I'm, I'm going to be back in getting witchy in Salem. We had a blast for that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how Hey guys, this is Editing Betty coming in from the future to let you know that at this point in the recording Christian Costa's internet cut out and as much as we tried we couldn't get her back so it does just abruptly cut off and we apologise for that but I hope you enjoyed the part of the interview that you could hear, so thanks guys Did you want to just say a little ditty that we lost, um Sam Nacosta to the cornfields. Okay. We lost Sam Nacosta to the Amish people. They're making a <laughs> to the Amish. Right um- Hi guys. So we've just um lost Sam Nacosta to the Amish cornfields. So <laughs> they're making a churn butter right now. She's out there. We we may have to say goodbye, but it was so good having her on, and we'll definitely be keeping up with her books in the future. Um, next week we are doing. From Luke Off with love. From love by Mariana Zapata. That's Yay. right. Good shit. Yeah. Ola just has to read it. I can't. Talk. I will. Okay, well, we're recording tomorrow and you're 7% of the way through a 550 oh, page so book. So. Alright. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Girls Who Read Porn. Follow us at Girls Who Read Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And for all business inquiries, please send us an email on girlswhoreadporn at gmail.com. Art created by Jessica Wanny and music made by Dane Forgy Stevens. See you next week and stay smutty, team.